Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Welcome to The Yoga Voice. Dave Sims here once again, and thank you all for tuning in today. My conversation was really just a joyful uh, time spent talking to this amazing yoga teacher. She's also a studio owner, mother of two boys. Uh, She's a self-proclaimed local food catalyst. So it's about being an activist and beyond. Natasha Walters coming to us from Logansport, Indiana. It's in Northern Indiana. And we just, it, it was so nice to speak with her. And she's just a wonderful soul that's had this incredible yoga journey and life journey that's led her from small town Indiana up to Chicago and career in Denver, Colorado, and, and back to Chicago. And, and finally back, and I should add, she's traveled around the world to many exotic places and learned from many amazing people. And then she ended up back here in Indiana, in Logansport, back to her roots, so to speak. And she has just had this um, this journey of seeking knowledge and sharing this passion for yoga and healthy living and healthy communities not just being a studio owner, but really a leader in her community, a community leader in the aspect of talking about um, coming together as a community from different walks of life, doing work that is you know, helping youth and helping farmers and this demonstration of sustainability at all levels in a community and and looking at the local food movement in particular of how it can benefit the farmers and communities and, and rethinking the way things have been done in recent years, recent decades around our foods, food chain and how we, you know, just how we look at our uh, some of our habits whether it's food, whether it's um, toxicity in our in our own bodies or in our neighborhoods or in our community, and how we can move forward, and how yoga teaches us that it's about it's about really becoming just a good human being. You know, we're we're all, and my belief is that we're all spiritual beings trying to navigate this human existence and you know i felt like that's sort of what was shining out from our conversation today with natasha she she is evolving into this um this wonderful human being trying to to create a ripple effect with the teachings and with the work she's doing in the world 
And she's having a big impact. She's making a big splash in a little town in northern Indiana. So do enjoy a listen. And we welcome uh, your feedback and suggestions on other interviews you'd like us to have. And so sit back, relax, and enjoy my little chat with Natasha. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Voice. And this morning, I have a, a wonderful treat from Northern Indiana, Logan Sports. And this is Natasha Walters. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Great to be here with you. Yes, and thank you so much for taking the time out to to speak with me and, you know, provide this conversation for our listeners. And, and we, you know, we try to spread the message of the transformative powers of yoga and, you know, related practices to individuals and communities. And we do this through talking with teachers and studio owners like yourself from Indiana, from the Midwest, and from really all over the world. And so welcome to our little online podcast community. (laughs) Thank you. And as a nice way to get started, I usually like to ask our guest, what is inspiring you about yoga today? So it could be yourself or in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're in interesting times right now, and the conversation that we're really having in our community right now is how our yoga has led us up to this moment and prepared us to be in this moment um, with, with the sense of steadiness and ease within uncertainty and how... Um, time on the mat is more important than ever now and then the the opportunity to take it off the mat for some people is is really there in terms of just being able to practice because there's more space in their life and for others going out into the world is very different and uncertain and sometimes scary and so taking the yoga into that environment as well it's just it's the time for it yeah yeah very well said and i've been feeling that a lot here in indy where it's like um being able to you know i've had the same conversation with some of our teachers about yeah you know like our practice has really got us prepared for this and and feeling a sense of gratitude for the practice like oh thank thank god i have this this um, coping tool, <laughs> if you will, for for going through this whole challenge that we're in right now. Um, so the um, so tell me a little, tell our listeners uh, about your your yoga journey. How did you come to yoga, and kind of a little bit of what your life and what you were like before yoga, and then what inspired and how that's evolved to where you're at today sure 
Yeah, we'll go down that, <laughs> that wonderful journey. Yeah. <laughs> it started for me between 15 and 20 years ago. And um, I lived in Chicago when I took my first yoga class. It was a, um, like a Bali Total Fitness or something. I was always a fan of group exercise. Um, I was an athlete in high school and in college, you know, did some clubs, but I always like to go to group classes. I like that sort of energy. And I tried a yoga class and it was very interesting. It was very different. And I, re I remember, I took a handful of those and I remember, I didn't know what it was, but it was Shavasana. And it was a very different experience, you know, doing Shavasana um, in the gym. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And it was, I, I was interested in the way that the instructor was using an, an eloquent language that I hadn't really heard before. Um, and so fast forward a couple of years and I had moved to Denver. I worked for Urban Outfitters and um, visual merchandising mm -hmm. um, and did a lot of traveling and they moved me to Colorado. And I was driving by a studio that um, had a, a big sign out front, a, a week of free hot yoga. And eventually I made my way in there and I took my first class. It was, it was a Bikram studio at the time. And I took that first class and I remember gazing at myself in the mirror and the instructor was standing at the back of the room and she was she was giving me those great instructions on how to move my body and she wasn't doing the movements. And so again, it was another different experience that was really lovely and really centering to be able to hear instructions and formulate them without seeing it. And it clicked then. Um, and I went back over and over and really started to feel when I walked out of class a difference in my body and started to feel the 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 energy, the vibration, the how I was really a different being after than before. And so um, I fell into a vinyasa class um, a couple of months after that and at that in that class, I was I was used to the steady pace and and repetition of Bikram, and all of a sudden the teacher's going, inhale, do this, exhale, do that, inhale, do this, and I was like, whoa, what is going on here? But I also had a gymnastics background oh. and dance, and I loved dance, so that hit another really lovely chord for me of just feeling the 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 feeling of moving in unison with others. Um, that the vinyasa flow brings. And so that was beautiful. And then my teacher, Dave, uh, that studio actually became uh, Core Power Yoga. It was in the very, be it was maybe the second or third Core Power studio in Denver. It was very early when they were just yeah. getting started. And my teacher, um, Dave Porter, said, hey, have you ever thought about teacher training before? That great question. And uh, I, I thought, wow, he must think I'm good at yoga. I, I didn't know I was like nailing this thing. Maybe I will think about it. And then I said, you know, my grandmother had just been diagnosed with cancer. And 
Um, I had put in a request to move back to Indiana because I was very close to her. And I said, you know, Dave, it's just really not, I'm intrigued by this, um, but it's just really not a good time. And he said, you know, there'll, there'll never be a good time. And I took that home and processed that. And I knew it would take a bit of time for me to get the transfer back. And so I decided to go ahead with the training and the training was three months and it took three months for me to get transferred back. And so um, I went into that training and I didn't have any, um, at that time, I didn't have any understanding of the philosophy. I just knew the, the asana and um, that very first night in teacher training, my mind was blown because they started talking about the yamas and niyamas. And I just wrote, wrote about this yesterday, actually. Um, I, 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 again, said, you know, the things that are being presented here are like the course on how to be a good human that I never got in life. And suddenly my mind was blown again and it just, just opened up from there. And so I finished that training. It was, you know, what yoga teacher training does for us. It just expands the whole world in such an amazing way. And moved back to Chicago and um, yoga hadn't really at that point taken off in Chicago yet. And core power was, um, was not there. And I decided I needed more training and also wanted to get, um, you know, start to get into community there. Um, and took another 200 hour training at yoga view, um, there. And, and it was, lovely in a very different way. Um, you know, 30 minutes of meditation every day and Ashtanga based and, um, just wonderful. And so that's, that's kind of the entry point. And, um, it changed everything for me. And after that, by the end of that second training, I had decided, um, I had a a moment at Urban Outfitters I loved that job. It was creative and I traveled so much and worked with amazing people all over the country. But I found myself one day, I was in Evanston. Um, I love Evanston. It's like great town. And and we were creating this amazing display and I found, hmm, like what I'm pouring my energy into actually, it was, it was to get people to buy more jeans that project essentially, you know, and I was like, hmm, this isn't really like in alignment with these values that I'm identifying with myself of simplicity, of not taking more than what we need. And the the principles that were coming up for me weren't in alignment. And so I I started the process of of saying, okay, what's next for me? And I really had no idea. Um I just um, started that process with, with Urban and it took about six months for me to get my position filled and get to where I felt like I could go. And what I um, had planned on doing was going over to India. This was like right before Eat, Pray, Love, the book was released. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and I was kind of in that, that state of wanting to go over there and, I really, I knew that there was something in, in the 
in my lens of seeing the world that I, I, I wasn't seeing and I wanted to completely uh, immerse myself in something that was unfamiliar to me. And India felt like that place for me. And I can share, I finally made it there. I didn't make it at that point in time. Mm -hmm. I asked, you know, the, the universe of spirit for that experience. And what came instead was children. <laughs> <laughs> a surprise. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, um, life took a different turn and, and I, um, I became a mother of two great boys who are now 10 and 11 years old. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, you know, was led to the path to open the yoga studio in Logansport. Yeah, that is so sweet. Um, and you said you did make it, you made it to India at some point, or is that still I, on the radar? I, I made it to India 2017. So it's been two or three years. Mm -hmm. How was that experience for you? It was lovely. It was lovely. I went um, on retreat with Gavin Das um, from Bhakti Yogashala in Santa Monica. Uh -huh. And uh, he he led just a wonderful trip um, in Rishikesh, and Ooh. it was it was amazing. Um, and and I knew um, I knew when the moment arrived of the reason that I was being called to be there. I knew um, that specific moment, and it was at uh, Ramana's Garden Children's Home. Are you familiar with that? No. Yeah, so Ramana's Garden um, was started by a woman, Devi Dwaba. Okay. And it's a children's home and, you know, something, sometimes we would call it an orphanage, um, but it's not that at all. It's, mm -hmm. I, I arrived at Ramana's Garden and I didn't know the history. I didn't, I didn't know what I was walking into. But as we arrived to visit, Govindas was singing Kirtan there that night um, for all of the children and for it was open um, benefit for Rishikesh and for the organization. And as we're walking in to my left, the entire way that we're walking in are all organic gardens wow. and so much beautiful food growing. And we come into the space and um, all of the structures were built out of clay, kind of adobe-like plastic bags. It's all solar-powered and um, very humble, but also just, you know, in, in India, everything is so ancient and it feels so holy and amazing. And so I'm walking through the space and it's just, it's, it's all hitting me. And then Dwaba comes to greet us and she's just this beautiful woman and she holds this presence. And um, as soon as, as I came into contact with her, it was like immediate tears. I was just so moved by her presence. And so they took us in and they, they run a, an organic cafe there. So um, they grow all of the food and then that's part of how they, um, you know, they make their, funds to to run the space and so they fed us a beautiful meal and it had um like a fresh green salad which i was so grateful to have um because 
I like fresh raw things. And in India, there's a lot of, you know, like raw and lentils and like that sort of thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like raw vegetables. And they met, they made like a vegan lasagna. So it was very, it was like lovely comfort food, but also so healthy and amazing. And the children are involved with serving and making. And the whole time that I was in this cafe, it's just, I couldn't, my tears were just, they wouldn't stop because I was sitting in the, the embodiment of all of the things that I envisioned creating Mm -hmm. that I have envisioned creating over the years. And, and it was there for me to see and experience. And so I, I requested some time with, with Duaba bravely, you know, it was like, when you get in the presence of someone like that, they feel almost like a superstar, you know, and I was like, I need to just be able to talk to this woman before, um, before I leave here. And I, you know, I said, you know, how did you do this? I'm, I'm so moved by this. And it, it just really ignites the fire of what I've been feeling and desiring and wishing for in our culture is, um, is mindful, really mindful living and nourishing ourselves and connecting. And, you know, as we walked through the schools, the kids are singing and they're hugging and they're laughing and they, they just were happy. And, and, you know, what Dwabo was doing, she's, she's bringing kids off the street, you know, working with India's poorest who, you know, we can't, we just can't even imagine what, what they have been through. Mm-hmm. And and then creating this place of just complete love and and I asked her that question, how did you do this? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, I don't know. And and she just touched her heart and said, It's just it's just love. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. It's just love. And so yeah, I, I asked to be able to call on her and, and that's one of our our services with the community is we work closely and learn from from them and also that's a way that we can share and give back right now we're very fortunate that a lot of our members at the studio have stuck with us and we're online and donations and we're taking our donations over there and they're good they're solid and then they have people lining up at the gates needing food because, you know, in India, people don't have a week's worth. A lot of people don't have a week's worth of income. They, they have a day's worth uh-huh. and that's it. And, you know, that shut down. So they're, they're feeding people and just doing such amazing yeah. work. And it's been so great because I didn't ever get to learn from Dwaba aside from being there in her presence. And now that this has happened in our world, we've all taken everything online. And so now she's, she's started like many of us fumbled through figuring out how to do zoom and how to do these, <laughs> yeah. these electronic things. And so I've been able to, to learn from her yeah. through these, these, you know, people connecting and doing podcasts with her, just like we're doing. And so it's, it's been great to be able to be connected in that way. Oh, what a wonderful story and a wonderful connection. And uh, what I'll put the information in the podcast notes. And it's, uh, do they have a, like a website kind of thing? Yeah, it's ramanasgarden.org. 
Ramana. Or maybe, I think it's actually ramanas.org. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll find that and get that for our listeners. Um, what a beautiful, sounds like a beautiful place. I've heard so many amazing things about Rishikesh and, you know, in, India's on my vision board. And, and I uh, had a friend ask me if I wanted to go, you know, like as a travel buddy this year. And, and uh, just it wasn't, the timing wasn't right. And, uh, and then this happened and it, it, I think it was, it was scheduled for June. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, so that, that trip went away anyway. Um, but, well, the, you know, when you talk about, um, well, first of all, you kind of left off in Chicago and now you're in Logansport. How, how, is this I, the hometown that you returned to or um, how did that journey transpire? Yeah, it's kind of a continuation of um, Denver. So like I said, my grandmother was sick with cancer and I got back to Chicago and um, she, she passed away after, after six months of that diagnosis and my grandfather was here and so I would travel from Chicago to Logansport, um, which is a two or three hour trip to yeah. spend time with him. And he ended up getting, um, he ended up getting sick as well. And this is actually how I got connected with City Yoga. He was, um, it was the, the first location and he was in the hospital there. Um, I forget what the name of that hospital was, but I would spend days and nights there. And City Yoga was just a walk away. Oh. And so I would see um, workshops with master teachers, David Swanson and Rolf Gates. And Rolf, um, his, his book, Meditations on the Mat, was my very first yoga book that I ever got at Core Power Yoga. I thought it was just a cool cover. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm, you know, at the hospital and looking at this class schedule, and I'm seeing this this author that I've read his book or you know had his book and read in my classes um, is right across the street teaching a weekend workshop. So I thought it became City Yoga became my um, sort of refuge from that of you know being at the hospital for 12, 14 hours and then come and take it overnight and then go take a yoga workshop all day. <laughs> and, you know, like yeah. when the content is new and it always is new, it seems like, um, you don't need sleep because it's just so yeah. like, so engaging and, and Rolf is, is such an amazing teacher. And so anyways, the, the experience with my grandfather, he, um, he actually didn't make it out of that hospital. He had a, a surgery and was there for a couple of months and, and passed in the hospital. And throughout the journey of, of seeing both of them in, in this medical environment. And I hadn't really done a lot of studying yet outside of yoga of, uh, I was just getting into, hmm, maybe I should eat better. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I didn't know, I didn't grow up. But to me, like pizza and hamburger helper were kind of the thing, like yeah. Yeah. as I was growing up. And so I didn't, I didn't know anything. And um, I saw what was happening in the hospital and with both of them and realizing that there was a huge disconnect between 
um, like health and healing and what they needed and what they were receiving. Mm -hmm. And it was very one-sided and I started to want to know more. Um, I knew that I didn't want to, I felt very helpless. Um, I I knew just enough to be dangerous with (laughs) my grandfather. And so he was, he had lung, that's what, um, lung cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I had found that if I would just place my fingertips right between his eyebrows or his forehead and just tell him to relax and take some deep breaths, it was amazing because we could see a difference in the not like in the numbers that were showing. Yeah. And um that was really profound. And so I decided I wanted to know more. I didn't want to feel helpless anymore. So I started researching, well what does homeopathic medicine look like? What does naturopathic medicine? And started figuring out where I wanted to go. And what I settled on that would be um, most effective and I could learn in the least amount of time was nutrition. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing them like trying to heal and they're getting fed like red jello. And, you know, like, it was like, okay, this doesn't make sense here at all. Um, Red so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And I was at the point where I was, like, kind of going into health food stores and, and going, like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Like, it's completely unfamiliar to me. And so I enrolled for the Institute for, with Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is an online program that was um, being run out of New York City and again, it just blew my mind, um, learning all of the different dietary theories and how each of us are individual and each one has a different need. And, um, it's really in our, in our best interest of our health to explore that and, and figure out what is best for us. And, and their program was just amazing in, in teaching you that about yourself and then training you to, to work with others. And so, when my grandfather passed away, my dad had this building that he had bought that he was going to use for storage next to his um, business. Mm-hmm. And I went into that building and it was an old tire shop and it was just, um, it was a mess. And I popped up one of the drop ceilings and it had a beautiful tin ceiling in it. And the upstairs had, um, had great wood floors and it, I just thought this could be a really amazing space. And um, I spun around in that building for a year, year and a half, and started teaching in there um, just one-on-one. I had decided to move back in in the interim of going to India and created a vision board. You mentioned your vision board earlier. Created a vision board. and When you create a vision board, you be ready, you know, because <laughs> eventually, you know, like it's a very proud, powerful process that yeah. comes through. And so Careful it just, wish for, right? exactly, exactly. This grant came up in the town that wanted to convert um, uh, properties to mixed use development developments. Mm-hmm. So commercial on the first floor, residential on the second floor. And that was my dad's intention was that he wanted to put an apartment up there so he didn't have to drive. He lives, you know, 30 minutes. If he didn't want to have to drive, he could just stay next door. 
so it worked out. We got a little help and we, you know, rolled up our sleeves and started working on this building and yeah. rehabbed the building. And um, that's how it started. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, I'm going to have to organize a field trip with some of our teachers and students to come yeah. up, check out yeah. your space. I mean, yeah. that sounds like a, you know, it's, what a great journey. And the, uh, and I, you know, I really don't know too much about Logan's support other than uh, I had uh, actually I had a business opportunity, gosh, probably in the '90s, to uh, like go up and live up live up there and, and run these like little. Um, it was basically a fast food franchise that uh-huh. my uncle was involved in, and he's like, "Hey, I'll, I'll, uh, you know." give you partial ownership and this store in Logansport and another one in Peru and you can, you can move up there. And I had, you know, family with young children. I'm like, I went up there and kind of checked it out. And I was, just, <laughs> I was, I had gone through what you had with like urban outfitters earlier where I was working with a big company moving around a lot. And, and uh, I was just like, you know, there's, my my values were shifting you know i was putting all this effort into driving bottom line profits for a big company and and i was just like you know and and you know there's just just some some internal conflicts i guess about where what my life's purpose is and my you know living my dharma and and trying to find that so so anyway um Fast forward, um, my youngest daughter went up to Culver, which for our listeners, that's a, it's a boarding school that's about 40 miles from Logansport. And uh, I was always intrigued in, on their campus, they have this Logansport gate. Have you heard about the Logansport gate? I have not, actually. Oh, it's it's like a it's like a fun little story about I mean kind of about you talked earlier about uh, how yoga helps train us to be like a good human being and how that shift happens. Where so I'm always drawn to these stories of you know people doing you know these phenomenal things and uh, it's, so it's a story. So it's this nice wrought iron gate. It's, it's like a Logansport gate. Um, given to the cadets at the Culver Academy in like 1913 for coming to our rescue during this giant flood. And as the, as the story goes, they, they had this big flood and uh, I guess there's a couple rivers in Logansport. Um, and it was, you know, the mayor had called a uh, um, kind of like the headmaster at the school because he knew they were on Lake Max and Cucky and they had some boats because they trained, you know, rowing and, and the Navy loaned them some pretty decent sized um, boat ships to, to train the cadets on. So anyway, they're like, you know, we're getting just, just pummeled by this flood. Can you help us? And the, and the uh, headmaster's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, yeah, we'll come, we'll come. So he, he got about 60 of the boys up, you know, high school kids. They had to take these little cutters, which are like a 28 foot 
by eight foot wide boat that weighs like a ton and a half. They'd carry them a half a mile to the load them on a flatbed train, go to Logansport, and then they had four of these boats, and they were able to because they were all trained at you know navigating and dealing with floodwaters. Um, and they they rescued like 1,100 people that night or the following day. And so in gratitude, the mayor and the town gave them that gate. So I always think about that, like, you know, like this, you know, really it was a heroic effort of these young boys, you know, and they had some adult leadership. But it was, it was like, um, I mean, it was a snowy springtime, you know, they had to trudge through the snow and, and deal with this at night carrying these boats onto it you know i just can't imagine getting our high school kids today to do something like that <laughs> but it was like uh they were just doing what needed to be done and i think that an essence of what like yoga kind of teaches us about being a good human being and and the and the woman and um you know that uh brahmana's garden you know like how did that school ha happen she Followed her heart. Just it sounds like she just showed up and did what needed to be done, and it blossomed. And and it kind of sounds like that's your journey as well. Like, hey, I'm gonna open a space where I can share this practice, and and now now you're you're living it. <laughs> and um, I'm real intrigued by your interest in like um, nutrition, and I'm curious how. I think when we talked before, you you may have been finished by now, but I know there's a, you were at Prana Yoga going through some advanced training with the focus was on Ayurveda or what's, what's is that actually with Danny McGuire over in Fort Wayne? Yeah. What's, how's, yeah. what's going on? How's that been for you? Yeah, it was really good. I, I laugh. <laughs> I always tell Danny I I'm I probably took the longest ever to complete 300 hour <laughs> training. <laughs> and it's probably the same for the yoga therapy program. I tend to space my learning out at this point along, but you know, it's been it's been lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's been lovely. Yeah. Well, that um well, I, I related to your story cuz I I'm a, just like a lifetime learner, right? I love seeking knowledge about things I'm interested in and yoga and its various little branches. And um, much like you, I did, I did a 200 hour and then I like, well, I want to learn more. I did another 200 hour and then I did a 300 hour and, and, um, and now I'm doing like a, you know, a refresh kind of three, another 300 with Rolf just cause, um, you know, we met about 10 years ago and kind of became friends. And, and, um, so I just like hanging out with him <laughs> and, uh, learning from him because he is, he is really such a gifted teacher. And, um, and in the meantime, you know, I'm just, just, uh, have always sought out, um, to learn from different teachers from different parts of the world and different, um, and what I was excited about having you on the show is because, and, you know, listening to your story and I was like, you know, there's some amazing people like yourself 
in Indiana. Like, who would have thought, um, you know, this rural, rural kind of Indiana state has, you know, all these pockets of enthusiasm around yoga that are starting to blossom and they have, you know, and I think what a gift that is for our communities, you know, far and wide, big and small. Um, so I just wanted to really like put a shout out to you for that, that work that you're doing and, uh, you know, and raising kids and, you know, like life is still coming at you. It sounds like, um, like who who were some of your influential, influential teachers? You mentioned David, Dave and Denver Mm -hmm. and and then, uh, who else come on your radar? Yeah, I, I just, um, I've loved over the years just finding diversity and learning and, and I talk a lot to our students about lineage and understanding where the teachings are coming from and, and how we develop our language by listening to our teachers and um, you know, one of my favorite things to do back when Yoga Journal still held their conferences was just to go to those conferences and study with all of the master <laughs> teachers, you know. Just, those days, yeah. Yeah. Estes Park, you know, it's like the best just to go and, and take class with David and Sharon Gannon and Sean Korn and Shiva Ray and yeah. um, Gary Kafso, Kraskow. Yeah. From Vinny Yoga, I love taking class with him. I love taking class with Nikki and Rolf. Yeah. Um, you know, just there's so much to learn, and we have just such amazing access to to so many amazing teachers. It just the well is so deep, and yeah. I get so excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when I was talking to Dwa, because you mentioned, you know, you had an opportunity to come to Logansport, and I was like, oh. I will never live in Indiana. And if I live in Indiana, I'll only live in Bloomington. Those were like my (laughs) set for myself. But there was also, there was always this knowing of the need, like of where the need was. So a lot of times I say, I feel like a fish out of water. And and that's what I expressed to Dwaba. Like um, sometimes I feel like I'm on an island because I want to be able to just be a student and, um, and learn. And I, I don't always find that. And she said, well, have you ever thought about moving? <laughs> and I, I think about that a lot, you know, but the reality is uh, it's really needed. The, the yoga and the work in the local food is so needed mm. in these areas. And, and that was the goal was like to have the ripple effect. And initially I, the, the mission was to open studios in Logansport and Kokomo and Lafayette. And then in those smaller rural areas, I thought what Body Works was going to be was that. And we did have a studio in Monticello for a few years. Okay. And, um, and as I got further along in the journey, I realized 
that's not actually what I wanted to do was to have multiple studios, but I wanted to train people to go and do that okay. on their own. So Monticello went into the hands of the Monticello community and our last training that we did, um, someone opened a studio in Winnemac, Indiana. Nice. So people are going out and they're teaching yoga in these small little communities. And our thing is the ripple effect, uh, you know, and, and just really, um, building this network and building this practice into the fabric of these smaller communities that really need it. Mm -hmm. And then more than ever needing to build our, or to detach our, um, our need to rely on industrial food system and, you know, just expressing the importance of growing our food and supporting local farmers and, and building that system, the infrastructure that creates food security for us. Yeah. So, how are how are you going about the working in the local food? I mean, you mentioned that you're a local food catalyst, and so yeah. what, what's that work look like? <laughs> well, that term comes from my teachers in the local food industry, um, Lydia and Michael Brownlee, and they live in Boulder, and they've been at this for so many years. And Michael wrote the book, The Local Food Revolution. It's a, oh, well, I think I told you about that book before. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And so, you know, they're, I've learned so much for them. And what they, what I really love about them is two things. One is a catalyst creates a center of aliveness. So it's very much what, what you're doing. It's what a yoga teacher is doing in their class. It's, you know, creating a space for something to grow. And so this, this local food catalyst, the idea is that um, there is a language, there's a, a pattern of emergence of everything. It's like a, 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 the laws of the universe, yeah. the things emerge through seven stages. And it's, they they studied so much, but one of the things that they um, oh, it's an architect. His first name is Christopher. I'll have to think of what the last one. But he wrote these volumes on architecture and how mm-hmm. how buildings emerge, sacred buildings emerge through this pattern, and and then Michael and Lynette have taken it and it, it parallels with the emergence of the principles of the universe and then brought it into how a local food system emerges. Ooh. And so there's, there's a structure to it, um, but based on like our current system, the way that our current food system is, it's very difficult to succeed. Um, mm-hmm. Most, no one's really past stage five or six at this point, even like, um, you know, um, Vermont has been work as the leader in this. Okay. for 20 years and they're only at 5% of local food yeah. production. Yeah. So, you know, our, our work is just so vast. And so sometimes I get discouraged by that, but basically what we've been doing is just finding farmers who are growing food for a living uh-huh. and that's what they, that's what they want to do. And most of them have a second, they have a real job, Right. And then they're farmers. So they're just, they work so hard mm-hmm. and, you know, they can't sustain themselves off of farming. Um, and so we try and work with those people and we have 
CSA programs and um, connect farmers directly to consumers. And so my my vision, the, the bigger vision, we have a raised bed gardens, um, is to have a local food farm store. And, you know, we have small um, versions of that, but to have a f- local food co-op farm store, urban gardens, greenhouses, you know, in the downtown area, and then be able to connect that into some of the other work that we do with recovery and um, this other great program called the Insight Garden Program that's happening in Logansport too. So. In- Insight Garden Program, all right. Insight that Garden Program. Mm-hmm. Wow. This program is um, it's mindfulness and meditation teachings. Um, steeped in permaculture principles Ooh. and it's in the Logansport juvenile facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the boys facility and then it's in, it was in Laporte girls facility. I think they've put a pause on that. And then it's in California. It started in San Quentin. So they have in, in California, they have some reentry programs in New York city and then they have juvenile programs in Logansport. <laughs> and it's so like random. And I found out that they were doing this. It came out of Berkeley and um, the programming is so robust. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. And what the, the kids are learning, the boys are learning is um, permaculture principles. It's how to be in a, a system, a, a, a community and how every single aspect of the community is important. Every single aspect of the community contributes to the whole. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there needs to be integrity in that. And they learn it by watching plants grow and meditating. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. and what these kids are, are experiencing and um, firsthand just seeing the benefits and looking forward, you know, that's what they look forward to is a moment where they actually find peace. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. so, it's powerful. So, so sweet. Um, it reminds me of there's a guy that um, I've known for a long time and he actually went through our teacher training program and um, he started this um, program called uh, uh, it was like uh, uh, in, it was like Indianapolis um, gar- uh, yoga and basketball and gardening <laughs> oh JP rally yeah, right? yeah 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 I know yeah I've been wanting to meet him and he, he's teaching meditation at city yoga yeah right? he's teaching yeah. meditation and he uh, he was on the podcast you check it out it's on our archives there and um, but basically he was going into urban youth and you know got some um, space at a local park put in some raised bed gardens started a non-profit and so he would basically um, work with these kids with with gardening and um, and yoga and meditation and sort of that reminded me of what you were talking about in the in the juvenile facility where teaching kids to calm the mind, quiet, find Uh stillness. Um, 
and you could relate to them on the level of playing basketball and, and, you know, like, Hey, this stuff works. And, and, um, anyway, he's like, he's a neat guy. And, um, and he's latched on to meditation in a, in a big way. Um, okay. so it's cool to watch him grow and evolve. I mean, I probably, um, actually he, he like worked for me when he was in high school, when I was run, working for Starbucks, running some stores. And <laughs> it's like, uh, now, you know, years later, he's, he's grown into this, uh, you know, this man of integrity and community and that's super cool. But so back to the food thing, that's, it's really intriguing. Cause I, you know, as we've talked before, I've got this, you know, farm sort of project in Illinois that, you know, I've been focusing on permaculture and restoration and it's, it's talking about local food because it's situated right really between it's almost halfway between Chicago and Indianapolis. So two pretty large markets within two, two and a half hours of the farm. So there's a, you know, I know there's a market for healthy food, local food. Um, and, you know, it just, um, and I'm trying to study a lot about um, what's going on with soil and trends in farming and climate change and permaculture and um, farm to table and local food um, initiatives out there. And, and it's really, you know, it's been eye opening the last few years to, to kind of start to understand the system we're in and, and industrial food and, and then um, the health effects of, you know, consuming massive amounts of processed food and, um, you know, corn syrup and whatever, you know, all these things that we just infuse our food supply with. And so I, I'm, you know, optimistically looking forward to that people will support these things and evolve and, and listening to your story in Logansport, it, it's clear communities are embracing this shift. And I think, you know, a lot of us, we, like, we, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> and, you know, like I grew up with the, you know, hamburger helper and pizza and, you know, I mean, fast food and all that with, um, but when I started to become a little more conscious and uh, interestingly, I worked in the food industry for a long time from, you know, the more upscale restaurants to casual dining and all across the gamut. And I really started looking at nutrition for myself, even before finding yoga. I had a strong meditation practice and it was in, you know, in 12-step recovery since my early 20s. So I had this awareness that you know, what we put into our body matters. And uh, so anyway, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to connect. And uh, I want to learn more about what you've got going on up there. And, and we'll, get a, we'll get a little field trip going up there and, uh, <laughs> and uh, check things out. Um, so as we, uh, you know, you talked a lot about mindful living and, and, um, like this spirituality that kind of 
yoga has, um, I don't know, allowed to grow within you. How, what, what's your, where are you going from here as far as, you, you know, you went, I, I love the transition from multi, multiple studios to, well, let's do one and create the ripple effect. So how are you in that um, space, that original space in Logansport still? And We are, we are. Yeah, I, um, I have been thinking about um, applying for the, the USDA grant again this year, the local food promotion grant. Um, you know, applying for a grant takes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time and energy. So I, I hesitated that. Um, but there's a consideration to doing that. And um, if anything, it will, it, it would be spending some time reworking sort of the business plan around it and, you know, getting clear about what, what the vision looks like outside of a, a vision page, you know, you have right, to kind of right. bring it from, you know, up here to bring it down into the real world. And so the practical aspects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also have this desire to get solar panels on the, the studio as well. Um, that feels like a good thing to do. We have infrared heaters in there and, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I, I have a conflict with heating a room, you know, to do that. And so it feels like a good responsible and also like a cool thing to, to get through that hoop and say, okay, like we're, we've got solar happening here and to be a good example for that. So those are some of the things that are, that are on my mind. Um, do you, are, is there much solar in Logan sport right now? They're, they're working on a solar field. The, the city is, okay. um, but not any on businesses or residential currently. Um, mm -hmm. I have a friend who has had solar panels for years and, yeah. you know, so they, they help me and I have a great, a great person that I'm working with who's uh, owns a solar company that it's doable for sure. Yeah. So, that's so cool. And I think I shared with you that over in Illinois, we've got a solar project going on in one of the built, one of the buildings that it's a more, it's more of a public space that um, houses a kind of collection of antique farm implements. And it's a sort of a museum. I use that term kind of loosely started by one of my relatives has since passed away, but we're having solar put on that roof. So that building, you know, we're looking towards, um, you know, kind of zero carbon for that <laughs> footprint. And, um, and it's something, you know, it's a, the community is wanting to hang on to that as an asset. Of course, it's a good community gathering space. And, and we want to do some educational stuff around, um, you know, kind of local farming and, uh, you know, growing healthy food and, um, harmony with the land, which it seems to me, most farmers I've met and I've had a few in the family that, um, they have a reverence for the land, you know, um, e even in, amongst the commercial farming 
that a lot of them have been used to doing for, you know, 30 years. Um, they still had a sense they were doing what was best. And then they started to, you know, like if somebody comes along and says, Hey, well, you know, here's a new way of doing things. That's even better for the land and, and, uh, you know, for your own, um, business model, you know, there's a shift in the farming business model. And cause a lot of them are, I don't know, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot and, and hearing a lot of frustration out there. Um, and, and also it seems to be a growing awareness that like, you know, maybe what we're doing is not the best way. <laughs> so I feel the shift yeah. in the air. Do you, do you feel some yeah. of that? Yeah, definitely. There's a, a, an organization I told you about before called Farmer's Footprint. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're creating some really great work and resources. Um, you know, one is just, I forget what the name of their, their newer film is, um, but, you know, you can do movie viewings, mm-hmm. film viewings of that. And last year we did um, a showing of... Uh, the movie Sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have an old uh, historic theater in Logan Sport. So we did um, a showing. We partnered with uh, Black Dog Coffee and um, a local food truck, a few businesses, and hosted the screening um, of Sustainable and invited as many farmers, local food farmers, and then commercial farmers as we could. And we had, um, in the entryway, we had the lo- local farms there with their products and things. And then oh. we did the movie viewing and it was really great. And so, um, farmers footprint provides those sort of resources. They also do some, they're doing something right now called, um, non-toxic neighborhoods, mm-hmm. providing resources for people to begin to look at the toxins that we just have in our our environmental toxins, which Logan Sports fighting a big, a big battle there right now um, with some businesses that are looking at coming in. So, um, I yeah, I see the resources coming up and the changes happening in that area, and it's exciting. And yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Well, um, wow, you, I mean, you just you have an amazing amount of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and I love that um, enthusiasm and like that energy you're being able to um, share out there in the world. Um, um, so what, what, what do you have going on? I mean, as we kind of wind down here a little bit, as far as, you know, event, I mean, we're all adapting to this Zoom world of, of remote yoga. What kind of... Uh, you know, trainings and things do you have coming up you may want to talk about? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're well, we're trying to figure out the garden, first of all. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, that's the big thing is like, are we, what are we going to grow? How far are we going to go? Who's going to, you know, how do you garden and social distancing? Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and it's time. And then we're, we transitioned, we started a transition online in January to online classes. And yeah. we've been offering, we've been streaming our classes for years, but um, not a lot of people used it. <laughs> and our former company went out of business in January. And so 
we were like, do we let it go and just focus on in-studio or do we rebuild it in another way? And I took on the task of rebuilding it and here we are, we need it, you know? <laughs> so we got through some of that before, because yeah. I was in Costa Rica when, um, when I closed the studio, I made the decision to close the studio, I was out of the country. Oh, wow. And so when I got back that week, we were luckily pretty much ready to go. So that was like such a gift. And nice. so we're, our teacher training, our 200 hours online right now. And then um, we, I've reconnected with Rolf. So our very first teacher training at Body Works, I um, did an affiliate 200 hour with Rolf Gates yoga. Um, and so he kind of mentored me and guided me through that first round just with five students. And then after that, I jumped in you know, head first on my own. And so Rolf has just been a teacher and mentor for all of my yoga career. And we've, we have enough people who have graduated at this point from 200 hour that it's time to think about 300 hour wow. in our area. And so we've reconnected with Rolf for him to, again, kind of mentor me through this process of that next advanced yoga training, which as you know, is a it's a huge endeavor to take on that and it's exciting. So we're hoping in the fall to, to start that program. We'll keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on that and keep some um, good word posted for you out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, it was great for our community to practice with your community online this week. And yeah, so lovely for me to be able to come in and, share time with you guys and you've just been so welcoming and yeah. great with that. I, I really, really appreciate you and what you're doing. Well, thank you. We're, we're all in this together. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so, so much for taking this time out to, you know, share your journey and the wonderful things you have going on. Thank you. And, uh, I think that's, I think that's all we have. Any parting words you'd like to add? Oh, parting words. You know, it's what I'm feeling right now is just gratitude, you know, gratitude for connection and for these teachings that we, that we all share and are such a gift to receive. And, and my heart goes out to the world right now. And this, the situation that we're in is, Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. And, um, and we're all in it together. And, and I hope that um, this dissolves some of the boundaries um, that we've had, you know, and, and we come out, or we come out humans that are just more solid, more peaceful, and more grounded and simple. And, you know, like yeah. all that. So, well, that's my. Well, that we find, you know, we, the, the message of gratitude and that we find this coming together. So, well, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And namaste. Namaste. <laughs> wow, what an awesome conversation we got to have. And what a beautiful human being. I feel so really blessed to be the host of this podcast that gets to talk to so many 
amazing people out there in the world doing their good works and sharing this passion and wisdom of yoga. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, on the podcast notes, I'll include some of the books that uh, Natasha referenced, some of the programs that she's been involved in in her local community, the uh, children's home or school in India where she had visited with, uh, with an, it sounds like an amazing teacher, human being. Um, so I'll have that information in the, in the notes that you can check it out as well. And please help support our little podcast by sharing it with your friends and family. Encourage them to give it a listen, give it a try. Peruse through the archives of just, you know, we have a very diverse uh, a range of people with life experience and yoga journeys and uh, teachings from all around the world. If you'd like to send some suggestions on future interviews or people you'd like this to chat with, you can email us at the yoga voice podcast at gmail.com. So yoga, the yoga voice podcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, leave us a review if you'd like. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you for listening to The Yoga Voice, brought to you by City Yoga School of Yoga and Health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise.